Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Cambridge Islamic College podcast. It has been narrated in Sahih Muslim that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Whenever some people gather in one of Allah's houses to recite the Book of Allah and study it among themselves, then calmness descends upon them. The angels surround them, mercy covers them, and Allah mentions them to those who are with Him. And some of the most recited verses of the Holy Quran are from the last chapter. Chapter. These verses are some of the first to be taught to children and new Muslims, as well as recited regularly in congregation. So, what better way for us to launch Cambridge Islamic College's podcast channel than with Sheikh Muhammad Akram Nadwi's Tafsir of Juzamma? It is often said that Tafsir requires knowledge and understanding of all of the Islamic sciences and not just knowledge of the Arabic language. Sheikh Akram expertly deciphers the intricacies of these surahs and, in his unique and in manner makes them relatable. So, without further ado, let's begin this journey. A'udhu billahi minash shaitan rajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim Alam tara kayfa fa'ala rabbuka bi'aad irama dhatil imad So didn't you see how your Lord has dealt with the aad? Iram, the people of the pillars. <coughs> so as I mentioned earlier, a kind to the Arabic construction Iram is basically what we call it, you know, in, uh, in, in Arabic term, you know, in, in, in the grammar. Iram here is something we call atfu bayan. Atfu bayan. Atfu bayan basically means when you bring after a noun something which can't be adjective for a technical reason in Arabic language, but has come to explain something. So like I mentioned when you say, you know, Abu Hafs in Umar. So Abu Hafs is in Kuniya and Umar is name. So Umar has come as Atfu Bayan to explain who Abu Hafs is. So sometimes you have a name and something similar to that. And you both, both mention both of them. And the second part only comes for an extra explanation. So Ad is the name of these people. And Aram actually is name of the, one of their ancestors. And that how they were known in the history uh, by the people. So the Quran says, Bi'adin Iram. And then Zatil Imad has come as adjective. To Ad, who are Aram, and those who are uh, of the people of the pillars. Why the Quran says pillars? So there are two explanations for that. One is they are pillars because they actually built in every part of the world where they ruled huge buildings on the pillars, big, big pillars, big buildings. The Quran calls them Zatil Imad. And also another explanation is, you know, they were very tall people very strong people, very, you know, people of the height, and, and the Quran said they're like pillars. So, you know, they, these people, no doubt really, they're strong people, they're tall people, and at the same time, they're good builders, people of the civilization, you know, they made actually, you know, their impact on the history of the mankind. So, didn't you see how your Lord has dealt with the Aad, those who are Aram, and those who are the people of the pillar? Lam mithluha fil those like, like those or like which no, nothing has been created in the cities. Means Ahad actually have been unique in the history of the mankind, in their power, in their strength, in their body, you know, in, in their height, you know, and there never have been any people so strong and you know and so handsome and so strong like these people. So that's why the Quran says like nothing has been hinting to Quraysh people that you are so much arrogant of your power and your might 
and your, your richness. You are nothing compared to Aad, people of Aad. We have given them so much. But still when the punishment of Allah came, their strength, their power, their richness, their buildings, their civilization, nothing could save them from Allah. I can, can see our time, you know, Red Fort in, in Delhi, that was like a seat of Mughal Empire. But when the punishment came from Allah, the fort and all the big buildings that have been built by Shah Jahan in Delhi or in Agra, in Lahore, nothing could save the empire. Empire finished. Those buildings could not help them. To when Allah's punishment comes, maybe the people have been unique in the history. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, those things they cannot save them. The Quran says, uh, you know, there were people, nothing has been like them in the, in, in the cities. Where they have been, so some people say their seat of uh, you know, empire was, uh, you know, uh, uh, different you know, opinions. So some people said, you know, their, city of, uh, their seat of empire was Damascus. Some people say, uh, you know, Alexandria, you know, in Egypt. And there are so many things. Tabari said, no, the seat of in the empire of Ahad was Shihr, a Shihr, and that is part of Hadramaut. So Imam Tabari's opinion is, the seat of the capital of the empire of Ahad was Shihr in Hadramaut. And why actually there are people who are saying that Damascus or Alexandria, the reason why his argument is because the Quran said, وَذْكُرْ أَخَا عَادٍ إِذْ أَنْذَرَ قَوْمَهُ بِالْأَحْقَافِ And remember the brother of Aad, Yehud al-Islam, when he warned his people in Ahqaf. And Ahqaf in Arabic language means those places where there's so much sand, you know, like hills from the sand. And the Tabari said, Alexandria and also, you know, Damascus, they don't have so much science. So the only place which can actually come under this description is, you know, this place in Yemen, uh, that only can be, that is argument is. But, you know, uh, uh, my thinking is, you know, all this can be right. Because the people of Aad, it could be their main seat was in, you know, Hadramaut, in Shahr, but their huge empire, it could be Alexandria and Damascus, all their part of their empire, and they are the major centers of their empire. Like when somebody has big empire, so there are main capital, but also there are other small, you know, uh, uh, centers of the empire to, 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 to organize, the, uh, you know, those countries. So they had Egypt under their rule, they have Iraq under their rule, and they also had got, you know, Syria under their rule. So they need actually more than one place of, you know, centers where the governors, they can operate. So the people who said Alexandria was their seat, they're also right. Ahad was a very huge empire, very big empire. So maybe the main center was Yemen. But it basically had you know power everywhere everywhere in the in the Middle East. Wasamuda Ladina Jabu Sakhara Bilwad. And didn't you see how your Lord dealt with Samud, those who cut out the rocks in the valley, in the valley in the Wadil Qura, in the place of Yemen. So you know the so they cut out the rock, meaning is you know, these mighty people, when they used to build the house, they're not building the house from the bricks. They used to actually make, they, they cut the rocks and from a bigger rock they can make the one whole room and they fit actually and they make the houses. So you know, it's not easy really. They must have actually those equipments and that development in their, you know, the technology that they could make houses, you know, from those rocks. And they could have made easily, otherwise if take ages, how can they go and live? So it, the houses were built from the rocks and big, big stones. So Samud are the people, according to the Quran, they are the one who succeeded the Aad in the civilization. So when Aad was destroyed, 
then in a part of that family, those who remain alive, then you know, they build their own civilization and they become very powerful people, not same like Aad, but still you know, more powerful than any other nation at that time you know, in, 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 in the Middle East. So they are Thamud people. Then after that comes the third nation you know, in, in the Middle East, which really was very powerful, you know, family of Fir'aun. Fir'aun adil awtad, and Pharaoh of the stakes. Why Quran say awtad? Awtad is what it, what it means, stake. Meaning is, because these people, they used to, you know, if you can see in the history of the earlier empires, they did not have, you know, a reserve army. What they used to have actually, you know, young people, so, you know, they are everywhere, but whenever they wanted to fight, they could call those young people and join the army. But what looks from the history of the Pharaoh and Egypt, they used to have a special army, you know, in the tents, the properly cities for them, just armies are living there. So any time they can raise the army and to fight and conquer new territory. So that's why they are called Dil Auta, the people of the stakes, those who actually have tents and houses for the army and soldiers and they're, you know, all the time big numbers. So you can see that how impressive their empire has been. وَفِرْعَوْنَ ذِلْ أَوْتَادُ The Quran has mentioned three, three powerful nations or three empires. Empire of Aad, Empire of Thamud, and Empire of Pharaoh. And they really, Arabs have been full knowledge of that. That history was fully known to the Arab, to Quraysh. Now the Quran says, these people, how much favor of Allah they have got. The money is there, the power is there, trade is there, business is there. You know, houses are there, palaces are there, army is there, everything is there. And beauty, all these things are there. What they should have thought, they should have considered that all these favors from their Lord is only to test them, not because they deserve. So I mentioned earlier that when people get the richness and the strength, that is a part of the rububiya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He wants to test people. If people believe they have got all these resources for the test purpose, then they will have behave properly. But all these people, they did nothing like that. They used to think, you know, man ashaddu minna quwa, who has more power than us? They used to say that all the treasures that we have been given, you know, we have been given because we have got so much knowledge and technology that we have been given. They never have become humble. Like in our time, you know, all the nations which are now, you know, so developed and so much power, if you ask them, you know, tell, remind them, they all favor from your Lord, they will not say no. They will say we have got science, we have got technology, we have got the universities, we have got the seeds of learning, we have got researchers, you know, we, it is our power. So that's how people used to think, that whatever they have got is actually coming from their own achievement. You know, they have made this thing. So Allah said that is actually root of the evil. When people get the power and the money, and they think they deserve that, and they have achieved that, that is the root of the problem. They don't realize that Allah is the one who made this to happen to them. You know, he has given them he has, he has, for a purpose, for, for testing. When people think they are the one who have got everything, they never can do justice because they, they think now they have to impose. If you think that money is given to you from Allah, then you will be concerned to use it as Allah commands you. Because your fear will be, if you don't use it as Allah commands, it can be taken away from you. But if you feel that every money and power is with you, you deserve that and you achieve that, then you are not going to listen to anybody else. You will think you have to impose your will upon the people. So the weak people, they have to listen to you. You know, the poor people, they have to be your slaves. That you are going to think. You are not going to follow any command of Allah, any law of Allah. You become actually very, you know, very rebellious and, you know, uh, 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 and arrogant. 
So Quran says, these people, الذين طغوا في البلاد. طغاية in Arabic language means when things exceed the limit openly, in too much in excess. الذين طغوا في البلاد. You know, no doubt when people become rich, rich and you know, some arrogance comes, some pride comes for everybody, even the pious people. And that's why they have to be reminded to be humble and humble. But uh, you know, when the people don't believe in Allah and they don't believe in the favor of Allah, they think everybody thinks they have got themselves. You know, then, then the rebellion, their mind, and arrogance and pride, they exceed every single limit. And you can see really that then they think really they can give the people and they can make them poor. They can give life to the people and they can give, bring the death to the people. Like, you know, when Ibrahim was debating with this king, and Ibrahim said to the king, My Lord is the one who gives life and death. To what the king said, Ana I am the one who gives life and death. So they how the thing real, they think the life and death, they are in their hand. They can take resources from the people, they can die. If they are happy with the people, they can give them and they can you know, prosper. That's how they think. So they exceed every boundary of the, you know, all the limits in, in, in this world. So Quran says, Those people who exceeded and you know, they used, they basically committed all the excesses you know, in, in, in their behavior. الذين تغوا في البلاد فأكثروا فيها الفساد. Then they did in the in the earth of Allah, in their lands, wherever they're in their countries, where they live. فأكثروا فيها الفساد. Then they made their plenty of corruption. What corruption? What fasad in Arabic language? You know, in the Quran, the two words I understand the meaning: salah and fasad. Salah basically means when things are used as they should be used. Then it is salah. And fasad, when you misuse, that is fasad. How, when one salah comes, salah comes when people use the things as their Lord has commanded. Then this salah. So, for example, if you are a ruler and master of any nation, you implement the law of Allah in that nation, then it will be salah. But if you don't follow Allah's command, you don't do justice as Allah has commanded, you don't do favor to the people as Allah has commanded, then there will be Fasad. How fasad will come? Because now you are not thinking that you have to listen to Allah. You think really, you have to make a law. What you make a law? We are people of Aad. We are people of mighty. So we have all the dignity, we have all the privilege. And those who live under the, under the countries of Aad as subject, they are not from Aad. So they are second class citizens. citizens. We make law for them. We make your rights and duties. You are not similar to us. The people who are living in the empire of Aad, they are not treated same way, equal as the Aad people. No, they are secondary people. They are people of second class citizens. So they have due, certain duties, they have certain rights which are defined by the state and by the power. Similarly, people of Samud, they made certain privilege for their own family. But the rest of the people, for them, they make a different laws. Not from Allah, you know, they corrupted. Same Firaun. For his own family, for, for people of you know, Egypt, he was very nice, very good king, very good leader. But for Bani Israel, no, every injustice and every wrongdoing. That's what fasad means. Fasad means when you make a law not based on the justice which is commanded by your Lord, you make your own measurement for justice. You make your own law and implement. And you can see really in many, many parts of the world, it's still actually happening. That if you're living any, anywhere in the world, very often 
there are two different laws laws for the people who are citizens of the country and laws of the people laws for the people who are not citizens and they are treated differently so this thing that actually brings a facade corruption when justice is not a justice justice basically becomes a, uh, you know chosen justice when you actually choose just, uh, justice when you select you know when you select a criteria how to how to do justice that is facade fil ard facade fil ard in the quran is actually not natural facade it is moral facade when quran talks about facade quran does not talk about the in natural corruptions in the world quran always talks about the moral corruption of the world understand this properly because natural thing they are under the control of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only changes them when their moral corruption happens on the face of the earth so for example naturally allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring rain give the food for the people peace in the world but when people have moral corruption then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will change the law of the universe of the nature rain will not happen at the time famine will happen ecology problem this problem natural problems will disaster only come when there is moral corruption on the face of the earth to understand when quran say fasad quran means moral moral corruption meaning is people don't do meaning basically is when quran say fasad that belongs to allah uluhiyah meaning people are not obeying allah's command so whenever quran say people are doing fasad meaning is people are not obeying command of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fasad does not mean that people don't take care you know of the universe like in our time people think like you know there are so much problems in the environment and this thing and that thing so now people want to improve that you know the thing basically that whatever corruption happening in the universe or in in, in the environment that is a result of people's moral corruption that is quran says zahar al fasad fil barr wal bahr corruption has become apparent in the land and in the sea it all because of the actions of the people to so moral corruption people are responsible for the moral corruption if morally they become good then the reward will be that the environment and all the things in the universe they will improve allah will bring more rain and everything but when moral corruption comes when people have no iman no amal then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punishes them by making problem in this you know in the environment and everything so meaning thing is people should be concerned about what is under the ilah category not about what is under rububiya category the allah's concern that allah's concern you do what allah commands then allah will improve the conditions of the world for you if you don't do what allah commands then he will bring disaster and he will create more and more problem for you and that he keeps doing all all the time you can see really sometimes there no reason for a war sometimes you can see india nation living so peacefully with the power and all those things and resources are used you know for more civil, you know more development and suddenly allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he becomes angry he will open door for them of the war now the resources which could be used for the development they are now directed to war to the war and now the war thus it selects you know sucks all the all the resources and then after the weakness happened the empires fall down and problems happen like you can see british empire because of the world war one and second world war you know things become you know, so much problem for them and the nation become very weak and that why they are you know they start losing you know their empire bit, bit after the bit that keep happening when the people they don't follow command of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then he can create those conditions where basically the universe you know the natural problems they start coming 
to understand this properly means there are many, I know there are many many writers when they read the Quran they take the facade as a natural problem and they think now our duty is to correct the, the nature this is not your duty Allah SWT will do it is not your duty that you improve the environment their duty is live in this world as Allah wants you then environment is fine anyway if you don't waste things if you obey Allah's command, Allah's command things will improve but if you don't want to improve yourself you want to remain disbeliever you want to waste food you want to waste every single thing you want to be arrogant you want to be proud you don't want to have justice no doubt you know as a result of that you know the problem will happen uh, in, in this universe, universe so that Quran is saying you know for these two people these people two problems were there for them they exceeded all the limits they did not think they are under any, any rule and they thought everybody else they must be under the law like you can see in our time you know the big nations they think they don't need to follow any law but everybody else under them they must follow the law made by them isn't it like that and they can say also you know like this veto power you know people have got the veto power what veto power means veto power basically means the big nations they are not obliged to follow any law that's what they mean but other nations they must follow the laws made by them so whatever they agree upon that they must be followed by other nations so that Tughyan, when you make corruption when you rebel you think really that you, you are not under any limit then no doubt corruptions will, will be actually you know on a huge scale then what happens is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way is when moral corruption happens then he does not punish people immediately he keeps delaying the problem you know until people can repent but when there is no sign of repentance then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroys them and brings new people a new nation so then the Quran said فَصَبَّ عَلَيْهِمْ رَبُّكَ سَوْتَ عَذَابِ then your Lord poured upon them whip of punishment then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a whip of the punishment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has got many many times of the punishment and he can bring any punishment like one of the saying of Hassan Basir rahmatullah ta'ala is Amr ibn Ubayah said قَالَ حَسَنُ إِذَا عَتَى عَلَى هَذِي الْآيَةِ قَالَ إِنَّ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَسْوَاقًا كَثِيرَةً فَأَخَذَهُمْ بِسَوْطٍ مِّنْهَا Hassan Basri whenever he used to read this surah and he used to come to this verse of the Quran he used to say Allah has got many many whips to punish people and whenever he wants to punish he takes one other whip so no doubt really you can see you know he can same, same natural phenomenon which actually everybody enjoys Allah can use any one of them to destroy the nation you know when the air comes it brings the rain brings the cloud and people become so happy Allah can use the air to destroy the whole nation when the rain comes people become so happy same rain Allah can use to destroy the nations so, you know Allah SWT does not need to create a new thing you know, you know he can use the same thing which people have been having around them he can use them to punish the people to destroy them and no doubt really what happens whenever people disobey Allah Taala, he use their own beloved things to destroy them and to punish them فَصَبَّ عَلَيْهِمْ رَبُّكَ سَوْتَ عَذَابٍ إِنَّ رَبَّكَ لَبِلْمِرِصَّادٍ Certainly your Lord is watching. Every single thing happening under his hearing and under his eye. When people become rebellious, when people disobey him, when people cause corruption, 
It is not that Allah is unaware of them. He, you know, it's not that he's missing you know, what they're doing. He's watching them. He's watching them, understand. He knows what is happening. He watches them. You know, this really is, you know, no doubt really, a frightening thing. Uh, you know, uh, like uh, uh, Hassan Basai said, I, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mirsadu amale bani adam. Allah is watching all the actions of the human being. And then every single thing is going to end according to his knowledge. He knows and then he's going to lead everything to according to the knowledge that he got. And I mentioned earlier that when somebody asked one of the Arabs, Aina Rabbuka, where is your Rabb, where is your Lord? Qala bil mirsad, he said, he is watching. So this really, you know, you know, if you read the Salaf, whenever they used to read this verse, they used to cry. Inna Rabbaka, you know, life, we are enjoying the life in the peace. And we are, you know, got all the food. And we disobey him. We really don't know what will happen to us. Many of us actually, we don't know where we're going to die. Many of us, we don't know what will happen to our families. Many of us, we don't know really what is future for us. We don't know this thing. Our Lord is watching. And if you don't obey him, you can see clearly how things have been happening for, for the world. Understand this properly. Every single time when we break the command of Allah Taala, when we disobey, disobey him, in every single time we do, this is being added to our book of corruption, one after the other. And when the corruption becomes a huge iqthar, when it becomes plenty, then then Allah sends the punishment. Punishment always comes when the fasad becomes plenty. If you break Allah's command once, second time, third time, He gives you chance. You can repent, you can you know, ask Allah to forgive, you can improve yourself, you can correct yourself. But if you keep breaking the command one after the other, it is idle. When it becomes plenty, and Allah knows what plenty means, when it becomes plenty, then no hope for repentance, and then the whip of punishment comes. Then no chance. And that time is not known. We really don't know up, up, to what, uh, you know, up to what extent Allah is going to give me chance. We don't know really. That's why people must fear. And uh, for many people the problem happens is when they do sin and they don't see the punishment, so they think it is fine. It becomes normal for them. They keep doing more and more until it becomes plenty. When you do a sin and nothing happens to you, it is more frightening. When you do a sin and it is more, nothing happens, it means Allah is so angry that He wants to delay you and you become enjoying the sin until it becomes too much punishes you. When you do a sin and after that you can see a little punishment, it means Allah loves you and He wants you to repent. So whenever you disobey Him and He punishes you, that is good news for you. It means He is happy with you and He wants you to come back. But when people keep doing a sin and nothing happens to them, it is really frightening. And you can see really, sometimes it comes to your mind that whenever I do a sin, some problem happened to my family. And there are people who keep doing and nothing happened to them. The reason is Allah loves, loves you. He wants you to repent. And why other people, he is not pleased with them. He just wants them to do more and more sins and they punish them. Understand the law of Allah about the sins. Because when sins come again and again, they are added to your book of the deed until they become plenty. When they become plenty, there is no way but to get the punishment in this world and also in the hereafter. So that Quran says, Inna rabbaka labil mirsad.
We hope you enjoyed today's lecture and pray that it will be beneficial to you. Remember to tune in for the next one. For more insightful content in full HD quality on tafsir and other Islamic sciences such as hadith, fiqh, Arabic prose, grammar and morphology as well as Islamic history, female scholarship and much, much more, subscribe to our unique streaming platform on www.deepdeen.tv. That's D-E-E-P-D-E-E-N.tv. Don't forget to visit www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org and show your support. Please click on the donate button and give whatever you can. Our institution is dependent on the generosity of donors like yourselves.